Sisterly Advice is sponsored by Pop Girls Ministry. Hi guys, I'm Grace. And I'm Katie. And we are Sisterly Advice. And welcome back to another episode of Sisterly Advice. Today, we will be discussing the concept of comparison. Yes, I'm super excited because we're going to go through like the different categories where we really see comparison in our life and then talk about just like, okay, what's the issue with this? How do we overcome this? What does it look like in this area of life? And I'm so excited for it. But first, we have a dad joke, right? Mm-hmm. We might have done this one before, but Ooh, I don't know. Okay, we'll it's see. Just, we'll see. <laughs> what did the scarecrow win an award for? Uh, I don't know. He was outstanding in his field. <laughs> I don't think we've done that one, but that's a good one. I think we might have done a scarecrow one before, but not that not one. Not that one. I like no, it. I like it. Cool. Big fan. Love it. Okay, so... Just about the concept of comparison, we're going to hit some different topics here about comparison in beauty, academics, the church, and also in wealth and finances, Mm -hmm. and just how we as people can have a tendency to compare ourselves to others and working through that. So in terms of beauty and body image, I struggled a lot with comparison, especially whenever I was in like uh elementary middle mm-hmm. school like fifth sixth grade because i was constantly comparing myself to the girls and i'm like well i'm not like as slim as she is yeah. my my cheeks are puffier than hers they are i have like a lot of baby fat on my face and my hair and is long and dark and i just i wish i could be like those girls with i don't know it's just like whatever they had if they had nicer legs than me if they had could wear clothes that looked better on them than they do on me and mm-hmm. i felt I was always comparing myself to that and never really felt completely like confident in my own body growing up as a child in elementary school. And it's gotten a lot better, like in high school, just in maturity and understanding that like we're all different. And that's of all the things that the Gen Z culture is like terrible at. That's one thing that they've gotten like that they're better than other generations and like the boomers and the millennials is just being kind to others. Not Mm -hmm. that not to the they push it to the extreme that we should accept any body type and prove it as healthy yeah it's not but we're less discriminatory Mm -hmm. to other people in terms of like what they look like yeah like a certain look does not necessarily equate to being healthy like healthy looks different for different people yeah and i think that's one thing that the gen z culture has kind of helped at is just like not you know bullying the girl with the glasses and the braces Mm -hmm. who's not as slim as the girls on the training squad like we've kind of overcome that in some aspects and that was just something that I struggled with growing up and one of the things that I was talking to Grace about that really clicked for both of us was we were both and still are almost a year above everyone yeah in our grade and growing up as a child I was comparing my nine-year-old body to Mm eight-year-olds and trying to fit into an eight-year-old body whenever I was a nine-year-old not to say the fact that I'm like oh I can base it all on the basis of like I'm just older than them so I can do whatever I want no but I didn't realize then that there was just some yeah like natural things going on and growth because like for little kids 
you change so much in a year. So yeah. much growth happens in a year for kids. So one year age difference is going to look different. Mm-hmm. So that was some like a realization I had a few years ago of just like, oh my gosh, I spent like from eight to 11, 12 comparing myself to bodies that were a year younger than mine, mm-hmm. trying to be like them. And whereas I should have just been more concerned about being my own version of healthy for for my personal health, <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah, is how you could phrase that. And to those of you listening who are also like a year older or maybe you're a year younger in your class mm-hmm. wishing like, oh, I just wish I could be as tall as them. Why am I so short? Why am I so small? I feel like so insignificant in either extremes. Know that there are just some things going on with growing that it's just going to mm-hmm. be different for everyone. You know, we talk about growth spurts too during that age. I'm like, some people don't grow until I've met. I've heard stories of men that don't hit puberty until they're like in their like 20s 20s in college. Yeah, I've heard those stories too. Like, yeah, they could be like in college and puberty finally hits them. And they call it like disrespectfully late, (laughs) (laughs) which just makes me laugh and just shows that like their view on the situation. But everyone's going to be growing at a different pace. And especially like during this vulnerable time in like middle school, Mm -hmm. it's important to not focus on comparing yourself to other girls because ultimately middle school is not going to be like the most pivotal like moment in your life and no the long run you're gonna you're gonna have so many other instances of like growth and everything later on in your life you're gonna mean so much more rather than I wish I could wear that one jacket that everyone else is wearing but it just doesn't look good on me middle school is just like notoriously awful but it does get better I promise because I like you mentioned like guys not hitting puberty till later and I remember in middle school thinking like I'm a girl and I'm bigger than all the guys. And right. I was so insecure that like my thighs were bigger than his mm-hmm. thighs oh when we gosh, sat next yeah. to each other. And now I'm looking back and I'm like, yeah, well, I'm a girl who hit puberty in like fifth grade. And these guys didn't hit puberty till junior, senior year. Mm-hmm. Of course I was bigger because now they are bigger than me. Most of them, the ones that have at least hit puberty, some of them are really slow, slow to growth. And mentally and physically it <laughs> just everyone grows at a different rate yeah. and that oh yeah. my gosh i relate so much to that grace and i were both like the taller girls yes. in our class like probably like some of the tallest girls yeah we were in our entire up. class and that's one of the things that i love about our friendship and that kind of like pulled us together is mm-hmm. that we've grown up with those like similarities and experiences yeah. um in our childhood yeah and for those of you that can relate to this just remember that we're this is a time of growing mm-hmm. particularly physically yeah lots of changes growth spurts people can change a lot in a year and so we should never compare ourselves to others but especially during this time whenever we're all just kind of like at the mercy of our biological build yeah. makeup yeah really you know and just what the rate our growth is and it's important that instead of focusing on like, well, I wish I could be as tall as her, just focus on being healthy, eating mm-hmm. the right things, exercising, exercising definitely, and then just living a healthy lifestyle yeah. instead of the one that you think you should look like. Exactly. Like it's not about like some fad diet to look like some influencer. It's about living a healthy lifestyle, like Katie right. said. And I think also like at any age, I mean, whether you're in elementary school or you're 70 years old I've I've realized 
the grass is just always greener on the other side. Because have you ever noticed that all the girls with curly hair want straight hair, and the girls with straight hair want curly hair, and the girls with big boobs wish they were smaller, and the girls with small boobs wish they had bigger ones? It's just, it's all the things. Nobody's ever content. They just want to look like someone else. The point that I'm making is that we're conditioned to compare in our society. It doesn't matter what you look like because you're always going to think someone else is prettier. And that is such an issue because comparison among women turns girls who should be friends into your competitors and turns contentment into resentment. Comparison is truly this thief of joy. And I'm so tired of just letting it steal from us girls. Like, why are we looking at other girls and we're like, she's my competition. I wish I was as pretty as her or she's not as pretty as me when we should be looking at her and being like, oh, she's beautiful. I'm sure she's great. Like, compliment her. Move on. Why are we comparing ourselves? Why are we competitors when we could be friends? And so what I want to encourage you is that to do is that the next time you see another girl who you think is pretty, simply recognize her beauty and compliment her. Go up and compliment her without comparing her to yourself. That's my challenge for you this week. And so I feel like that really covers like our topic of comparison within beauty. And I mean, there's always so much I could rant about that, but mm-hmm. there's comparison and so much more in life especially as middle schoolers, high schoolers, one of the big areas is academics. And oh my gosh, I've seen this so much in my own life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so with academics, there can definitely be a lot of comparison, as Grace stated. There can be a sense of entitlement with, well, she gets A's and I want A's, Mm -hmm. so I deserve them because I'm here and I showed up to school. And that is definitely like entitlement that just shows up in a lot of aspects of life, Mm -hmm. not just academically. Mm But we cannot just show up and then expect to get the same treatment and respect as those who have been here longer and working harder and putting in the effort. Exactly. If you want something, you need to work for it and put in the effort to it and you will reap the benefits. And if you want those A's, then study for it. You can get a tutor if that's how you learn or ask for help from your teacher. Spend less time on your phone or watching TV and take an extra 10 minutes to go over a math problem or review notes. If you put in the effort, you will reap the benefits. And if you want to compare yourself to the girl that's smart and always gets a good grade, fine. If you want to compare and then be sad that you can't have it, mm-hmm. you can do that. Yeah. But don't think that you deserve it whenever you didn't put the effort in. Exactly. And this often, like, when people do that, then they often end up resenting the person who does get the good grades. Mm-hmm. And they're taking their own insecurity out on that person. And that's not fair to that person. Um, Personally, like I have seen this so much in my own life. And I've had this conversation with multiple people who are like, Grace, I swear I'm smart. I really am smart. But then you go and get all these good grades and it makes me feel bad because I I just can't. And I'm not smart compared to you. And they say things like this and it breaks my heart. It just breaks my heart. And some of them, have not only expressed this, but in expressing this, are genuinely angry with me, genuinely angry with me for my grades and that it's not fair that I get them and they don't. And Katie said this in like, this may be convicting. And if it is, I mean, 
I think that can be a sense of entitlement sometimes because you have to remember the people who get good grades really, really work for it. And the way I explained it to someone the other day was that I have had the goal of being valedictorian since I was in the second grade. And I have worked my butt off since the second grade to reach that goal. Mm -hmm. I mean, waking up at 4 a.m. to do extra homework, studying hours on end. And if you're like, that's crazy, why would you do that? That's the thing right there. Academics is my priority and that's how I got there by being willing to do that work. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna get there unless you do and that's okay. There is nothing wrong with getting B's. B's are above average, B's are good. But don't expect to have above a 4.0, not putting in hours of work a day. And I don't look at someone who is a star basketball player and go, well, you're just so good at basketball and I just want to be so good at basketball. It's not fair that I'm not good like you while I'm never in the gym and I'm never practicing basketball. That's not fair to that person. They are spending hours on it. It's their thing. So you have to remember the person who's valedictorian or the smartest person in your class, that is their thing. It's Mm -hmm. their thing they prioritize and it's their thing they work on. But you have your thing too. And they could never be as good as what you are at your thing. So like we just got to keep in our own lane sometimes, you know, if your thing is whatever, whatever, it's basketball, it's ice skating, it's whatever. Like I could never do that. I could never be that good at it because it's your thing. So you can't compare. It's personal. And you just have to keep that in mind that their priorities are different than yours. And if your priorities are different, then your outcomes are going to be different. Whether that be on the field or on the court or on on a test, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's why we can't compare because you don't see the work behind the scenes that's going into that. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think entitlement is just a real issue in general, definitely in academics. And one thing you said I want to just kind of address for a second is having you get grades makes me feel bad. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel worse about myself whenever I see you getting A's and I don't. We cannot put that pressure on Grace or anyone in your life. If you are... If it makes you feel bad to see someone being more successful in your sport Mm -hmm. than you or getting better grades in art class or anything, they cannot make you feel anything. I cannot tell Grace and I'm like, you should feel really bad right now. Like I can I can suggest I can highly suggest Grace. Mm -hmm. You should feel really bad about what you did. Yeah. But Grace, I cannot make her do it. Grace can decide to accept what I'm saying and receive what I'm saying, or she can decide not to receive it. Grace is working really hard, for instance, in academics to get those high A's. She's working for a Valley Victorian. And it's my choice to decide to receive that as, oh, well, I feel really bad, Grace. You're getting A's and I don't have A's. It's not Grace's decision mm-hmm. to decide my feelings. I decide yeah. my own feelings and how I receive it. Let's another thing. I'm like happiness is a choice. You can mm-hmm. choose to feel happy or you can choose to feel not happy. Yeah. You can choose yeah. to feel sad or mad. You want to you want to be feeling that way if you weren't comparing. Mm-hmm. So with feeling bad about academics, you're choosing 
to feel bad. Mm -hmm. And I can view that as, you know, self-pity circle, wallowing my self-pity or a challenge to push myself further. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I just wanted to address that, that no one can make you anything. They can only highly suggest it. And in this instance, Grace isn't really highly suggesting anything. She's just working really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, guess what you said about the comparison and just sense of mm -hmm. insecurity is showing there. Yeah. Because like as someone, when I get an A on a test, I'm not thinking I'm so much better than anyone or that I'm trying to beat anybody. That's not the mindset. And I think it's like, it's not fair to anyone to say you need to lower yourself for my own comfort. Right. You want to ask your star basketball player, you should purposely miss shots. Your star student, you should True. purposely get things wrong. Your star dancer, you should purposely fall out of your turn. So mm-hmm. I feel better about myself. That's just, it's not fair. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier about people who should be our friends. We are making our competitors with comparison. And that is so harmful to fellowship. And fellowship should be one of our main priorities as Christians. Comparison stands in the way of fellowship, guys. Yeah. I think that's a very like slippery slope there, walking the line of like what is being humble in your abilities mm-hmm. and what's just trying to do the best to your abilities. Yes. Because there's even this conversation that I was having with someone about lifting weights in a gym. And they were like, well, like, don't you know that you should turn the numbers on the inside so that no one can see what you're lifting so you don't offend anyone by how much <sighs> you're lifting? And I'm like, that's like the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah. who's thinking that deep? Yeah. And But there's two aspects there that I realized after I thought a little bit further. I was like, okay, one... Because for me, as someone that doesn't really lift weights, I just like to move my body. So I only do cardio. I'm not really interested in weights. I know (laughs) I should, but whatever. I would turn my weights on the inside because I'm insecure that I'm lifting so Mm -hmm. low and I'm starting from rock bottom. And other people around me lifting so much. And I'm like, oh, well, I know. I just feel like a little weak twig. (laughs) But other side is some dude that's been at the gym for like two years straight lifting like a ton wants to put them on the outside so then everyone can see that he's lifting like a lot of weight i don't really know like what a lot can like is but he's lifting a lot he wants everyone to show and that's like a mindset thing Mm -hmm. a mindset of this person who's really insecure and doesn't want anyone to know because they don't want to get judged or the other dude that's like hey i can lift a lot can you beat me and so with that, there's also just some on who's lifting it, but the other instances on how others decide to receive that. Mm-hmm. Do others decide to receive it as like, oh, well, I can see her weights, but it just looks like she's trying really hard. Anyways, I think yeah. and I think there's an instance on the mindset of the person lifting. Are you doing this to yes. show off or are you just going to the gym to work out? Exactly. And then the person viewing the weights, are you choosing to receive this as oh, hey, they're lifting weights good for mm-hmm. them for coming up to the gym and looks like he's been at it for a while. Or I'm glad that they turn their weights on the inside so then I can like... So I don't have to think about it yeah, or I so don't have to, to compare. About it, yeah, and so I don't have to worry about comparing. And I think, yeah. I truly think it's just part of this fact that our generation is so concerned with offending people. True. When we should be shifting our focus to being happy for others. You know? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a good point what if like they need to 
hide how much they can lift so their number isn't so much higher than mine that it offends me. Instead, instead I should say, whatever that number is, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you're at the gym trying. I'm happy that you're that strong. I'm happy you've put this work in. I'm proud of you. You're doing amazing things. That's how we should be viewing people. Yeah, that's a good point. Not comparing ourselves to them. And so that's a lot with like personal life. And we see it, you know, we see all that stuff in school and social media and the gym as our last example. But what breaks my heart the most is the comparison that I see in the church. And the first thing I want to say about this is actually scripture. Second Corinthians 10, 12 through 13 straight up says, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting to the sphere of service God himself has assigned to us. Pretty much, this verse makes it clear that we are not to compare ourselves with others. And because scripture is telling us not to compare, it is saying that comparison is not only a struggle, but is actually also a sin. And that is hard and that's convicting because it's like, but it's such an easy temptation and I just fall into it. But scripture says not to. And if it's not glorifying to God, then it's a sin. And I see too many people do one of two types of comparison in the church. First is the comparison of spiritual gifts. Oh, she's just so good at evangelizing and speaking and can bring anyone to Christ. I wish I could speak that eloquently. Did you forget your spiritual gift? Maybe yours is hospitality or faith or gentleness or discernment or wisdom. And that's wonderful. The church would get nowhere if we all only had the same thing to offer. It's like if everyone showed up to Thanksgiving with just dressing. Dressing's great, but we don't need 10 of them. Like someone please bring the mac and cheese, the mashed potatoes, the turkey, the rolls. Like let's let's get all the side dishes in. We want them all. We don't need 10 of the same dish. That's ridiculous. And the Apostle Paul, he puts it like this in 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 20. He says, Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. We need different types of spiritual gifts. So it's okay if yours aren't the same as somebody else's. Don't compare yours to somebody else's is the point here. And the second type of comparison I see in the church is a comparison of spirituality. And this one truly breaks my heart. And what I hear is like, She's a much better Christian than me. She reads her Bible way more than I ever could. I just don't understand scripture the way she does. At least my sin is not as bad as hers. Okay, first of all, 
Did you forget that we all have a common goal to glorify Christ and bring people to Him? This comparison inside the church is only slowing us down. It is only hindering our goal. Two, a relationship with Christ is personal. So the pace is going to be personal. Some people don't accept Christ till they're old, but some people grew up in the church and some people heard of Jesus but didn't accept him until their 40s. Of course, these people are going to know different amounts of scripture because they've been Christians for different lengths of time. Mm -hmm. That's one reason we just have to stop comparing and start only focusing on your personal, continual, steady walk with Christ. Like, let those people that are, like, way ahead of you spiritually, let them inspire you. Definitely let them push you. Let them mentor you. But don't compare to them to the point where you're like, well, I just suck and I should give up. That's not healthy. (laughs) That's not okay. And then, I'm not going to say the final area of life where we see comparison, but the final area of life we're going to talk about today where we see comparison because it's, like, it's Mm -hmm. everywhere, right? is wealth and finances. And I'll say this is something like I used to struggle with so much. Like I would compare what my family owned with that of others until one day my dad straight up looked at me and said, Grace, a lot of people you think are rich are actually just in debt. (laughs) And that completely changed my perspective. The point is that someone could have tons of possessions but could be drowning financially. You don't know And you don't need to know. So stop comparing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's definitely like they could be in a lot of debt or maybe Mm -hmm. they are just like a millionaire that can afford everything on cash. Either way, like Ray said, it's not any of your business. It's not any of your business. (laughs) You don't need to know. Um, It's kind of a little tricky to discuss wealth and finance comparison, especially because most of like me and Grace and most of our audience, a lot of like what they spend their money on and their uh, living expenses is paid for by your parents. Exactly. um, Still, but there are definitely just still some perspectives that we can um, address here on finances and just growing up and comparing what you have compared to what others have. Mm -hmm. So I remember growing up, I always dreamed of having a house with stairs (laughs) because I grew up, in a one-story home, uh, it was three bedrooms, which is generous, with uh, the playroom. And then I shared a room with my sister for the first uh, 15 years of my life. And I was always jealous of those who had their own room, those who had the stairs. Because I was like, mm-hmm. I really want to sit on my butt and slide down those stairs. <laughs> and I would often tell my parents this. And they would always tell me to be thankful for what you have. And to not yeah. take for granted the roof over my head because there are some who don't have a home at all. Mm-hmm. To remember to thank God for blessing us with a warm bed and food in the pantry. And that shifted my mindset to not focus on coveting what others have. That I don't need like a two-story house or a pair of Ugg boots or a North Face <laughs> jacket, which was all the rage when we were growing oh, yes. up. yes. Now it's Stanley's and Lululemon. Right. <laughs> but... To be grateful for what I do have and for what God has blessed me with, because there are some who have far less than me. Another aspect of finances is just money in general. Yeah. I wish I had more money to buy coffee or to get the new iPhone, to get them the gift I know they want. 
We never know what financial situation others are in. You might observe at school that your friend gets the new iPhone and you wish that that could be you, but you don't see that they just got about $1,000 in debt, Mm -hmm. which I would politely decline. No, thank you. And I'd rather stick to my phone that I've had for like a million years. (laughs) I personally am at a point where I'm having to make more financial sacrifices because I'm trying to prioritize uh, managing my money more intentionally. And budgeting more thoroughly has definitely been just something that I'm trying to navigate right now. And that's led me to having to say no to going out with my friends and to having to say, let's hang out at home where I don't have to worry about gas money and spending money for like food or anything. And so that's kind of like where I'm at in the moment with finances and the sacrifices I'm making there. And yes, I have friends who were able to go out and have quote unquote more fun But I'm not comparing myself to them because I have a plan and a reason for my decisions that I know Mm -hmm. will be more fruitful to my future rather than just spending my money to go out for one night for a temporary moment of fun. And so just in terms of wealth and finances in general, there's just a lot of different situations that we can be in. And that makes it very, very difficult to compare to say, like, well, they get to do this. I'm like, well, you don't understand that they just saved their money for like a whole year to go on this trip. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of, yeah, to to go on this trip. And so comparing with finances and the opportunities that other people get to go on is just, it's never like a fair playing field because there's so many different factors that go into it. And going back to what Grace said, you don't need to know. It's none of your business. So I think overall, in the end, comparison really is is the thief of joy and is unhealthy. And we must put an end to it because it's not there's nothing beneficial about it. It hurts us and it even hurts the people we're comparing ourselves to because then they feel bad. Nobody, nobody's benefiting from this. We must strive to stop comparison. And if that, like, if there's anything you're going to get out of this episode, I hope it's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Living in a life of just day by day, comparing yourself to others and feeling bad that you're not where you don't have what they have. And you're mm-hmm. not where they're at. This just seems like a really sad place to be. Yes. And, Rather than fo- com- focusing on comparing ourselves to others, we should just be happy for what we do have mm-hmm. and work on trying to every day to steward well what God has already entrusted with us yes. today. Um, so that kind of wraps up today's episode. Um, I have a dad joke to Yay. close this out. Why can't you tell a taco a secret? Um, I don't know why. They tend to spill the beans, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> which a good is honestly one. like so true. That's oh, one thing I hate about eating tacos is that like you can never out. like yeah, you can never keep it in. At, at some point, I just like I embrace the mess. It's worth yeah. it. Um. Anyways, don't forget we have our email sisterlyadvice2020 at gmail.com where we would love you guys to send in any funny stories you may have, topic suggestions for future episodes, or maybe you have something you would like advice on. We would love to help you with that. Yes. Also follow us on Instagram at sisterlyadvice underscore podcast. Once again, that is at sisterlyadvice underscore podcast. On there, we post extra Christian content, updates, and reminders. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.